The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be brave, and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Data Gurus. I'm really excited. I have Eric Qualman here with me today. Welcome, Eric. Time to welcome this week's Data Guru. Thanks for having me. I'm psyched that you're going to be the keynote at SampleCon today, and we had an opportunity to sit down and chat a little bit. I saw you at another conference. You're energizing. I've looked at your YouTube videos. What inspires you? Like, how do you get so excited every single day? I'm a tech guy. I've been a tech guy for 25 years, but what excites me is people. That gives me energy. And that's our whole goal in life is to get in 10 years to empower 7 billion people. We want to entertain, educate, and empower them to their best life. Wow. And and why that goal? How did you get to 7 billion people? So <laughs> when we started off on the journey, there's 7 billion people in the world. got to reach everyone. Okay. got to reach everyone to understand. We live in a Jetsons era, but yep. it's those that act like the Flintstones and the Jetsons that will win and have their best life. Oh, tell me more about that because I love the Flint- Flintstones, probably more so than the Jetsons. But what does that really mean? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm doing a lot of research right now for a book that should be out in a year around focus, okay. which is almost an anti-venom to my first book, Socialnomics. Okay. And so it's that marriage between the digital and the offline world. So it's really understanding that let these digital tools work for you. Right. Don't work for the tools. Don't live in your phone. Right. It's so hard to do. I mean, I think everybody tries really hard to do it and they set these goals. I even sometimes put my phone in the glove compartment so I'm not looking at it when I'm not supposed to be looking at it. But what are some tips that you could give people? What have you found for you and and your followers to be successful? So our research shows, and I've put it in practice, our research see what works for me as well. Sure. Is a detox day is very helpful. Putting, meaning that you're not on any digital tools for, say, Saturday. Some okay. people do it during the week, which I think is crazy right. that they can do that. Yes. They're good for them. Uh, but if you have a Saturday or Sunday, try to do a total digital detox. Uh, maybe you'll use the map technology, but just try to get off the tools. The second thing is during the week, put parameters in place for email. Okay. You just check it. You'll be more efficient checking it just twice a day at 30-minute intervals. Right. And the biggest thing is take a deep breath. And understand it's okay if you don't get to every email. Prioritize them. And then understand that you can leave some, just read them or don't even read them, just check them and delete them. And do you feel like, do you respond to every email eventually? I do not. Okay. So we prioritize them. We try to get as many as we can. Right. And we try to get through to about 5,000, but we have a whole team that helps us with that a week. Uh, but it's really about getting priority on those and then moving forward. It's interesting because I asked um, other folks at the conference. Exact, I mean, it sounds like such a basic question. Like, what are your email habits? And mm-hmm. people actually said they have, similar to what you're saying, scheduling time to actually say you're going to do the email mm-hmm. versus feeling like you have to fit it into all these like five minute intervals. You know, the, the other thing is the person who sends the email, do you ever wonder what they think with a delayed response? Well, we always ask audiences in 49 countries now, who likes to receive email? We haven't had anyone raise their hand. <laughs> and, but someone's sending the email. Right. So it's not only 
the receiver and ask yourself, do I need to send this? And why is this so long? Do I need to send a long one? Uh, this great quote by Mark Twain, though, that said that, you know, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a, a long one. Right. So don't burn people with that. Take it a huge step back, just outside of email, just the general finding that we saw with all digital leaders that indexed high is a lot of them do meditate, okay. which allows them to do this during the day is to stop, breathe, and then ask the question, what's the one thing I should be doing that'll make everything else either unnecessary or easier? So throughout the day, kind of pause, take a deep breath, ask what you're doing, and is that what you should be doing? It's kind of just building that awareness yes. in terms of your work day and yep. trying to figure it out. What other interesting findings did you have from your research? The number one hashtag used in the world's love. Oh, that's nice. That's encouraging. Yeah. And then we've gotten tens of thousands of emails. Of what's the one word you want to show up for you on Google? Okay. And the number one word's inspired, followed nice. by mom. Okay. And so I think that a lot of us, especially in the Western world, get caught up in the success and happiness is that mountaintop's about money because it's easy to track. Right. Success. The reason we do that is because it's easy to track. But really, you got to track the stuff that doesn't have a deadline. Like right. how much time are you spending with your kids? Right. And I know that sounds fluffy, but that'll actually make you more successful in whatever career you're doing. Do you see a shift in our value system and in, in that, you know, I know we talk about the younger generation kind of shifting and not necessarily putting money as the first thing. Are you seeing that as well in some of the research? I do get excited with millennials and now iGen who are entering the workforce right. is that they really get me pumped up right. because they are about the I like if. I went away or if my company or if what we're doing as a company or organization went away, what's the loss to society? Right. So that's like their number one thing that they're looking at. Obviously, they still like to have money to buy food and sure. clothes, but they don't need excess. Right. And, and, and I think that's really inspiring. I think for us in leadership positions, when you hire those people, it's really forcing, at least for me and our companies, us to think about things differently, like the things that we might have valued might not be the same uh, value systems or, you know, benefits that they might value in the same way. It's interesting. No, it is. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's issue with millennials in the workplace because there's generational differences. And so to understand that if a millennial wants to go home on a Friday at five, it's not that they're being lazy. Yeah. You got to flip the, the other side and say that they're actually understand it's that life work balance, which right. I actually don't think there's a balance. It's kind of, you need to have those married. Right. And once you marry, marry those, then you go, this is the time to work and this is the time to play. So then you put in those kind of watertight compartments. If you think about it, the ship analogy. Right. I tend to agree with you in this concept of marriage and of work and life. A lot of people, it's hard to self-regulate. Mm -hmm. um, are you finding that your audiences are are trying to, is it hard? Is it something that comes naturally for people? I think it is hard to do that, what we call balance, where you cross those lines, right. so blurring the lines gray. I think what really strikes home when we talk to audiences is you don't have a choice. Right. Like you might want your privacy back. <laughs> you might want to have this separation like it used to be even 10 years ago. Right. But if that's not a choice, then your best thing to do is step into that, step into whatever discomfort that is, because it's not changing back. Right. That genie's not going back in the bottle. Right. And why do you think that is? What is the driver of that, of that, that need to marry work and, and life? I think the need to marry work and life is just kind of hashtag get real. Right. This is what it is. And okay. so let's make it fun. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be fun. Mm -hmm. um, I own my own business. Mm -hmm. I always say that make sure that's 20% of it's going to be not fun. That's okay. Like I don't like filing my taxes. 
and going to, that's like going to the dentist. That's like root canal. Right. It's like root canal. <laughs> but at the end of the day, make sure that every day it should be 80% is fun and 80% should be doing something to impact the world. That's fantastic. I love that. So you also have a new book, How to Sell on LinkedIn. And I love this for the research industry because one of the biggest challenges that we have as an industry is you that that dirty word of sales, right? People hate to be associated with the word. And tell us a little bit about this book and how that might help our industry. Yeah, it's interesting you say dirty word of yeah. sales. I was with Daniel Pink, who yes. focuses on this, and he did the research that showed like, oh, sleazy, yeah. all these words, and it's dirty. Uh, I like to look at sales from a relationship standpoint. Okay. And so that's all of us are in sales. So if you're a parent trying to convince your kid to eat their green beans. You're in sales. Right. And guess what? Kids are really good at sales. Like my kindergarten daughter, she's like, Daddy, can I have some ice cream? We're like, no, 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 no. And 20 minutes later, she's looking she's at She's out of the ball. So she's got it. So at the end of the day, I'm going to tell just uh, try to keep this brief. Sure. But this is the marriage of offline online. This is social selling at its core. Okay. It's all about relationships. So I was up in Indianapolis about to give a speech and I was jogging in the morning. And then I saw that the NCAA headquarters were there. And we have a book called What Happens in Vegas Stays on YouTube, right. which over 200 universities use. So they asked if we could do a version for them. Wow. So then we have a version that's called What Happens on Campus Stays, stays on. on YouTube, which digs into cyberbullying, which digs into sexual harassment, along with producing your best online self. So long story longer is I go, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe we didn't set up a meeting. I've got three hours before I go on stage. I could have met with the NCAA to help all these student athletes right. achieve their best life. And so I go, you know what? What the heck? You only live once. So I go up to try to get a meeting. And it's the one place you can go sweaty. In an right. And it's, it's, it's acceptable, right? Is they have a lot of security there. So I gave a little speech about why I should talk to someone there. And they said, no, you can't come in to the speaker box. Well, it turns out Homeland Security is in the basement of the NCAA headquarters. Wow. So I keep running. And then I go, wait, I bet I've networked before I need the network. I bet I've reached out to, to someone, somebody. And I'm sure I'm connected with someone at the NCAA on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So I'm listening to my music, pull up my phone. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, first connection, director of communications. Now I go back to the speaker box. Okay. Get inside the lobby. We call her, goes to voicemail. Bummer. Right. But then this other lady goes, she's on maternity leave. I go, great. Let me write a note on paper, hand it to the security guard. Security guard's awesome at security. Terrible note passer. <laughs> but Ryan is sitting there waiting to go up for a job interview for digital marketing of all things. And in that job interview, since we have an Equal Man Studios, we produce a lot of video. Right. They showed a video of ours. And he goes, I know this is crazy, but I'm pretty sure, and for your listening audience, I usually wear green glasses because right. it's a play on... Eric Qualman, Equal Man, like Clark Kent, Got blah, it. blah, It's good for business, personal branding. <laughs> and it comes in handy here because Ryan's in that meeting. goes, that video just showed. I'm pretty sure that guy was just in the lobby. And then sh sure enough, the next day, the NCAA calls me. And Kim goes, this might be weird, this NCAA, but were you in the lobby yesterday? How funny like, is I that? Was in the lobby. <laughs> and then we started a relationship with them to where we can help out the student athletes. So all that comes full circle, right? right? It's all about relationships. That's how you social sell. It's the Flintstones, Jetsons. It's right. offline, online, all coming together. Let me ask you, though, when you made that first reach out to the director of communications, I think people have a w weird, they feel weird about reaching out to somebody and not knowing what to say. Uh, what tips do you give people? Because I think people are like, they don't want to hear from me. They don't want to buy something from me. What, what, what would you recommend to people? 
to kind of that first email or that first call, how do you introduce yourself? So I'd recommend to people to just think about yourself. Sure. So think about yourself. Someone asks you for a favor Mm -hmm. and you do that favor. Mm -hmm. It actually makes you feel good. Would you do a favor for someone? Yes. So a lot of us have the mindset as I don't want to ask a favor, ask someone of that person. But at the end of the day, when you ask something of someone, you're actually helping that person out. You're allowing them to step up and do something to help you. Um, now, in those initial, you don't start off with that. Right. But initially, it's just whether it's on LinkedIn, you just reach out and say, hey, I saw that we're connected with several other people. I'd love to connect. Or I saw that you went to the same university that I did. Uh, What I always tell younger folks Mm -hmm. is grab an alum and look at them that's maybe 20 years older than you and reach out to them and go, hey, I went to the same school as you. I just can't believe the path and how successful you've become. I'd love to sit down with you for seven minutes. So don't say five because they'll think 30. Right. Say something weird and specific like seven minutes just to ask you, how did you become so successful? Because I want to follow in your footsteps. And most of the people will accept that. And, and probably, but that would have to be authentic, right? right. Like you actually believe yeah. that. All of this boils down to authenticity. <laughs> authenticity. Right. The reason people don't like sales is because that means they're not being authentic. Right. Uh, sales at the end of the day are just relationships. The first question to ask is how am I going to help this person? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing is try to figure out how you're actually going to, at the end of all of this, you're going to help each other. But how do you help them first? It's, it's turning the tables in terms of trying to help them versus them buying something from you. Right. Uh, I also find from the relationship selling point of view, it's a long cycle. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not transactional. And I think that's hard for some people who are nervous to do that, not to see the return on their effort, like the following two weeks. Um, have you found that people are who use this approach, have, have they cited any frustration in terms of the return as to when they get the next step, if you will, in terms of their efforts? You hit it right on the head. It's really about the long game. Yeah. But I say play the long game in short windows. Right. Meaning that every couple of weeks, you're going to send something of value right. to that person. So it might be that they you send them a note saying, I saw this article right. that I know you'd be interested in. So you're providing value. But also remember that the research shows if you do ask for a favor, that they're more likely to help you. I know that's kind of weird. Right. But at some point, you need to ask them a favor, uh, because when you're just sending them stuff all the time, in the back of their mind, they're going to start to say, what is this person? Want? Right. There's what's and the so, real motive yeah. here. That makes perfect sense. You talked a little bit about personal branding, and I wanted to talk, um, ask you about that. You know, you have opinions about what your social media profile or your digital profile should look like. Can you share a little bit of your perspective and what your research shows there? Uh, the research shows it's a noisy world. Yeah. So as much as you can, just at your core, understand what your elevator pitch is. Mm-hmm. What can you explain to someone real quick? It is that you do. Okay. And what's the benefit to the world? Right. And specifically to them. So the more you can get that sharp, the better off you'll be. So if you think about Brene Brown, shame. Right. It's shame. Sean Acker, happiness. So it's really figuring out what it is at that to right. cut all the yeah. noise yeah. and it's just instant recall yeah. as to what your personal Over brand is. Every soul. Right. Like it's yeah. like getting that down. And what about the personal social media versus the business social media? I personally am always confused about that. Yeah, you definitely, back in the day, people asked me, should I have two accounts, right. especially CEOs? I go, no, because one, it's against the rules. Two, that's a lot of work. Right. Three, there's just going to be a disconnect. Why do you, why do you have two accounts? Uh, but then they came up with tools to allow you, like in Facebook, right. you're a celebrity, you can have a Facebook fan page, which you should, because they yeah. don't want to know about your personal stuff on right. your Facebook account. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, it's really about whatever you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So if you're not comfortable at a cocktail party and you're a CEO, right. I shouldn't be sending you a cocktail party. Right. Okay. And so it's really whatever you're the most comfortable in. And you shouldn't be on all these social tools. We're not. You're not. Right. And so it's figuring out what drives the most for you. What What do you enjoy the most? And also long term understanding you can't replace face to face. These tools are there when time and distance are an issue. So going back to the NCAA scenario, that's just combining that offline and the online. It became much easier once I was physically there. Right. And so you can't replace those coffees and lunches. Use these tools when time and distance are an issue. It's true. I, I tell, there's nothing yeah. like in-person meetings. Yeah. It makes the world of difference. Yeah. Uh, any, any other tips that you can share with our listeners in terms of, you know, how to be your best self? Um, what, what are the, if you had to talk to somebody and say, hey, these are the three things that mm-hmm. I would recommend, what would, what would you, what would you say they are? Yeah, I mean, I'd recommend to them is that when you pay it or post it forward, I'll just get specifically on the digital side. Sure. A lot of us know the offline paying right. forward. But if you are to post it forward, which is you shining a light on somebody else. So an example of that mm-hmm. is on LinkedIn is you go in and endorse someone for a skill set. It's got to be authentic. Like You go, right. that person's really good at data analytics right. or surveys, whatever it is, sure. endorse. Mm-hmm. And you should do that for three minutes a day. Just carve it out in your schedule that you're going to post it forward for three minutes a day. Because guess what? The neuroscience shows it makes you happier. Okay. It makes the recipient happier, obviously. And if someone sees that, reads it, it makes them happier as well. So if you post it forward three minutes a day, then you're network before you need the network. You're developing genuine relationships because a lot of these relationships started offline. Right. Some of them start online, then you go to a coffee or a lunch. But at the end of the day, that's what you should be doing. It's okay. going to make you happier. And that's going to lead to you being your better self. And you're not doing it because you're expecting something transactional. You're doing it because you generally care about that person. You're developing that relationship. You're showing that by taking the time. And sometimes rather than endorsement, take the time, 10 minutes to write a recommendation right. for that person. That's great. It's really changing the whole value system in terms of being a community, helping each other. And we're all in it together in some ways. Um, Eric, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, where could they find you? Yeah, so I'm easy to find. It's just equal man across the board. It sounds exactly and spelled equal man. Like easy. A superhero. So we're trying to unlock and unleash 7 billion people unlock and unleash their inner superpowers. So it's just equal man, YouTube and Twitter and email. Awesome. Anybody you want to reach out. Great. Thank you so much for stopping by. Appreciate it. And good luck with everything. No, thank you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.datagurusepodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.datagurusepodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.